power to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of a failure. Hello everybody and welcome back to You Have Failed with me, Sam Vader, as I put this lightsaber toy away that I got out just that bit at the start. Uh, we'll, we'll start off by saying I hope everyone is okay and safe during uh, these difficult times of quarantine and lockdown. I really do hope you are all safe and staying self-isolated because that is what is safest for everyone at the moment. As hard as it is, I frankly am going mad in the isolation. Um, being forced to talk to my brothers is god-awful. But the one upside of the isolation is not only can I have like 24-hour gaming sessions again and it not be a problem with jobs or uni or work, but I can also binge watch a lot of TV and film. And there's one particular series of films that I've been binge-watching a lot recently, and quite frankly, they are... Well, it's my favourite franchise of all time, and if you haven't guessed already from the introduction, that franchise is Star Wars. Oh my god, I love Star Wars, to the point where doing a 40-minute episode is probably going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. Not because I can't fill 40 minutes, but because if I were to really go in-depth about everything I love about Star Wars, everything I dislike... And just my general love for the franchise, I'm sure quarantine would be over by the time I was finished recording the episode. Um, which, to be fair, isn't the worst way to pass the time. But uh, I'm not sure you'd want to listen to that unless you wanted to make your ears bleed for, by listening to me for god knows how many hours. So instead, I will summarise, I suppose, and generalise in this 40-minute episode which probably means I'll just be ranting about how much I love Darth Vader for 40 minutes, but that's fine. And then later on down the line, I'll probably cover either each film individually, or I'll do it by trilogy, and then probably do Clone Wars on their own as well, because each thing has so much I could talk about. Um, and if I do the films individually, I can guarantee we'll get at least one of these episodes where I actually exclaim that something has failed. No spoilers there, though. Episode 8. Um, just a disclaimer here before anyone moans at me. I don't have a problem with other people enjoying Episode 8. I can fully respect that some people do enjoy it. I did happen not to, but that's not what this episode is strictly going to be about. Although it might get mentioned, so I'm throwing that disclaimer out there right now. Just to clear things up. And... Star Wars... A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. No, I'm not quoting, I am just reading what the massive sticker art says above my headboard on my bed. Because I am one of the biggest Star Wars nerds in in the world, to the point where, as of recording this, I know none of you can see, but I've got countless figures staring at me. I've probably got about nine Darth Vader's, just Darth Vader's, right in front of me, just looking at me. Um, yeah, my chair is very squeaky, so I love Star Wars, have done my entire life really, because when growing up, I'd be watching films with either my mum and my dad, my mum would get me really into Disney films, and like, yeah, awesome, my dad would sit down and watch some good old Star Wars, and, uh, whilst Disney definitely stuck with me, yeah, Star Wars is, a uh, Star Wars has made up a big part of my life. Um, massive. I'm <laughs> literally obsessed. I mean, I've got my 
Star Wars pencil case here. My coaster I'm using is currently a 3D Star Wars one. I've got my Star Wars sets of playing cards, a Jedi and a Sith one. I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. My phone case has got Darth Vader on it. I am obsessed, and <laughs> that obsession will never go away. And I think one of the true times you'll see me express and get overly excited is when I am talking about Star Wars in public. And we'll throw out the disclaimers right now. I'm an Imperial man. Um, ever since a child, which is probably quite concerning, uh, I wanted to join the Empire. I've got no time for the rebel scum. Uh, they are the terrorists that are blowing up government property and therefore should be put down by the might of the Galactic Empire. As Anakin said, sorry, Darth Vader said, he has brought peace, freedom, justice and security to his new empire. And those bloody rebels are just losing it and it's not fair. Long live the empire. I think it all stems from, as a child, I was a natural born dictator. To the point where I would go around Lakeside, as I mentioned in a previous episode, the Power Rangers episode. Go, go, power failures, am I right? Um, I used to go around Lakeside, not dressed as Darth Vader or anything, although I'm pretty sure I did that a few times as well. The main one that my mum always reminds me of is, is Captain Hook. I used to go around Lakeside as, go up to random strangers and tell them to scrub the decks and just bark orders at them. And also, just as a young, lazy child, um, I didn't learn to walk for a very long time. Not because I couldn't, but because I would bark orders at people, and they'd just do it for me. I'd, I'd be like, gubs, which is what I call crisps, and people would bring me crisps. So, <laughs> the point of this is that I was a natural-born dictator. Um, so I gravitated very naturally towards the Galactic Empire, but I think, as I've previously mentioned, the main drawing point for my love of the Empire is the beautiful masked man that I can see looking at me right now, Darth Vader, all six foot seven of the mechanical menace. He was just so cool! Like, the opening scene in A New Hope, you've got like, obviously the stormtroopers blasting their way onto the blockade runner, like, pew, 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 Ah, Wilhelm scream! I don't think the Wilhelm screams at that point. It's definitely not. It's later on in the film when they're escaping the Death Star. But that's not the point. So they're all fighting, and then the dust is there's smoke everywhere. The stormtroopers have basically wiped out the rebels by this point. And then suddenly, just a, a masked man who clearly gives zero fucks just walks onto the screen, looks around, clearly has asthma with the. Making myself cough, that's not Corona, that's me choking on air. And then just walks off. And then the next time you see him, he's holding a man by the throat. Like, where are the plans? There were beam several transmissions were beamed, and just throws him at a wall. After choking the life, and just ragdolls a man after choking him. And then this is where I think my obsession with the dark side does get a bit, bit problematic. I thought... I don't know why I'm using past tense, I probably still do. I do still think this. I think the Force Choke is the most brilliant thing in the world. Right? You can argue with me all you want. Force Lightning's great, Shatter Point's great, the whole telekinesis crap, mind trick, these are not the droids you're looking for, it's great. But if I could have one Force power, I'm not gonna lie, it'd be Force Choke. And not for what some of you sickos out there are thinking, ooh, kinky. No. 
for the pure fact that someone was pissing me off, I wouldn't even have to flinch before they were clutching at their windpipes. Right? Just something about Vader inspired me, the fact that someone even ha wouldn't even have to look at him funny, and suddenly they'd just be on the floor and he'd be making a dad joke like in Rogue One. Be careful not to chalk on your aspirations, director. And then... Hopefully they won't get copyrighted, because that was me. But I just... It was so cool. And maybe... Maybe that says a lot about me as a person. Maybe I belong in a mental home. I'm sure you've worked that out from these last few episodes anyway. But Force Choke is low-key the best Force power, because you can just use it to get anyone who's pissing you off. And that, my friends, is true power. And, okay, maybe I'm a megalomaniac, but that's fine. That's what me being part of the Empire means. But it wasn't even just that, although we'll get on to more stories of my love of Star Wars and the Empire in particular in a minute. As I used to do Jedi training, would you call it, in the garden with my dad, who, by the way, his name is Luke. Nothing to do with Star Wars, he was born before Star Wars, it's just a weird coincidence, and the fact that my Luke, my Luke? My Luke was called Father, no, my father was called Luke, just flipped my mind as a child. I was like, Luke, you are my father, which I know isn't the line, the line is no, I am your father, don't, don't think I'm not a real fan, I can, I can hear you thinking, but, no, I, <laughs> the fact that Luke was my father was brilliant. And weird enough, I used to think my granddad looked like Yoda as well, which isn't an insult, he took it as a compliment. So, it was always the joke in my family that our family tree went Yoda, Luke, Vader. Because I was very much... I'm very much considered the Darth Vader of my family. Like, I would run an empire. I'd love an empire. That's, I'm putting that out there now. If anyone listening to this right now wants to join my empire, uh, join the Discord server or my Twitter and just at, tweet at me or send me a message in Discord going, look, want to be part of your empire and I'll get you a job, right? Because this is happening now. My thought process is during this coronavirus, this is what this episode is going to be, by the way. It's going to be one big plug for my empire. <laughs> during this coronavirus thing, as the governments of the world are all collapsing, this seems like the perfect time to grab power and just do a Palpatine and be like, I am... You know, just storm into the EU, even though, you know, technically, us, the UK, aren't part of the EU, and it's fine. Storm in and be like, I am reforming this into the first galactic empire. And then just go on a group chat with all your mates and go, Commander Stephen. I don't know anyone called Stephen. The time has come. Execute Order 66. And just have loads of people just going on a riot rampage. Honestly, it'd be fucking amazing. I don't know why. Obviously, you can't see this. As I did the Execute Order 66 gag, um, and I said you could phone someone, I actually picked up my phone and put it to my ear as if I was calling someone. Because, you know, because you can obviously see that and it makes it funnier. It makes it more pathetic that I did that, but it's fine. I did that. Moving on. But yeah. Send me your applications to join the Empire down below, and we'll get this started. The revolution, big no revolution, we do not join revolutions. This is bringing peace, freedom, justice, and security to the world in these dire times of coronavirus. We're gonna take over the galaxy. Hashtag build me a Death Star. Hashtag I'm calling you out, Mimi. You were meant to build me a Death Star. Where is it?
This hasn't been planned for a long time, I promise. Anyway, Jedi training with my father. Yeah, we used to go out there and we'd, we'd have lightsaber... I, I'd call them lightsaber training sessions. My dad would probably call them tirelessly... Tr yeah, tirelessly trying to keep his kid entertained and his kid is a moron who thinks this is all real. But that's what good fathers are for. Um, obviously, the way it would always go, my father could have any lightsaber. Any other than my Darth Vader lightsaber because I needed to one have the red one and two have the one that was Darth Vader's because I'm slightly obsessed. Any obsession that you thought you picked up from me about Kyber in last week's episode times that by about a thousand and you've got my love for Darth Vader who literally is not just my favourite fictional character of all time. I'm pretty sure I believe I'm pretty sure, I'm 100% sure, that when you used to do things in primary school, it was like, write about your hero. Who is your hero and why are they your hero? I'm pretty sure, 100% sure, on a few occasions, I wouldn't do the normal, oh, it's my dad, oh, it's my, my grandparent. I, I'd write Darth Vader. Um, I still maintain he's my hero today. I look up to him, not just because he's a few inches taller than me, at six foot seven, but because he is a D-man. Uh, he is... The best Sith, don't at me. Um, not going to get into that debate of who is better, Sidious or Vader, because that's just not. But yeah, I'm a big Vader fan, so I had to have the um, the red lightsaber, and um, yeah, we'd have many many sessions in the garden of lightsaber training or tirelessly keeping your moron child entertained um, until I became good enough to beat my father, and then yeah fully fledged Sith Lord, yo. And it was at that point I'd go to school barking my friends around. I don't even know if they were my friends. Did I see them as subordinates? I don't know, because I'd bark around orders a lot. Um, I'd even pretend to force choke them and they'd have to play along because I wanted to have the force. So I'd be sitting there and they'd be like clutching at their throats. And I'd, I'd just be lapping up the power. Um, there might be something wrong with me. If you do think there is, don't call the authorities, because that's a spoil spot. You're going to ruin the Empire, and... But where's the fun in that? You know... Don't you want an Empire? You know, lead the way, join the Empire today. Hashtag Vaders for life. I was a very... Yeah... Very Imperial-inspired child. This isn't even going to be about the films at this point, but that's fine. Um, this might just be that I failed as a human being, because when, and also when I was younger, um, I used to be in the room that's currently next to mine, so on the other side of the wall, so both at the front of the house, and obviously I could then look out through my window into the, down the road. Um, because we're we're in a, like a cul-de-sac, just dead end, so we're at the bottom, so I can look out down the road, there's nothing going either side. And I used to, oh, yeah, you know, like, on Star Destroyers in the films, they've got basically, what, bay windows to look out at whatever's going on. Yeah, my window in my old room was my Star Destroyer bay window that I'd stand at with, like, my hands behind my back in, like, an Imperial officer position. Or, in fact, Vader, he did that too. I'd even do the one where he'd sort of put his thumbs in his belt and, like, hold his belt. Also, and I'd, I'd get my own black blanket and put it around me as a cape and, uh, just stare out of my Star Destroyer bay window. 
because, you know, I really wanted to be part of the Galactic Empire, which is not something most kids want. Most kids look up to, you know, the good guys, um, you know, the Jedi, the, the, the Rebellion. <clears throat> but, you know, you don't call your good guys a rebellion. and it's not good, is it? They're fighting the legitimate government. I say legitimate. Well, technically, Palpatine legally got his power. Technically, yeah, he had to start a war that he was running from both sides. But on the Republic side, they legitimately gave him the executive powers that he then used to form the Empire. So technically, it's a legitimate legal government. Maybe they're a bit discriminative at times, and I didn't necessarily agree with that. But then neither did Vader. Read the comics and just look at his life as a slave. He didn't agree with a lot of the slavery, and he only sort of went along with it because, you know, Palpatine would have killed him. Not necessarily because he's more powerful, but because his suit was weak to force lightning, so Palpatine could always keep him in check. But he did openly oppose a lot of the the slavery of the Empire, as do I. When I have an Empire, that will not be the case. It will be free, you know, I say freedom, equality for all, just under an iron foot to make sure that stupidity doesn't reign, like all the bulk buyers who are ruining the world right now. Yeah, this episode is quickly becoming about why an empire would get rid of stupidity, and, and not necessarily about Star Wars, but that's fine, because I will do one specifically on certain films later. Um, <sighs> let's try and talk about the films for a bit. Let's talk about sound design for a start, because I feel like that's something that's not praised enough in the films. I'm not talking about John Williams' score, which, by the way, is fucking fantastic. The Star Wars score is, I know I've got a huge bias being such a fan of the films, one of the best scores. To me, it's the best score ever written for a film. But even if you don't have the severe biases that I have, you must see that it's one of the best written scores out there. And there's won many awards for that reason. But... I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the sounds, the actual sounds in the film, not the music and the score, but the sounds. So, like, the, for example, the TIE Fighters, I always thought they had a very unique sort of... You could tell they're meant to be the bad guy, because they've got this horrible screech that... That's, that's not what it sounds. That's really bad, but I'm not a TIE Fighter. Or an elephant, because that's what they used to get it. But it's just got this horrifying sort of screech as it goes by and... It, it sounds evil. How do you make a ship sound evil? Well, apparently you record the sound of an elephant and just plonk it on a ship and it goes... Um, and how can we talk about Star Wars sound design without the awesome... I thought that was quite a good lightsaber impression. Um, but oh my god, lightsabers are... This is going to go off sound design for a minute, because I'm now just going to talk about how much I love lightsabers, but lightsabers are the best thing in the world, right? I will always say, <clears throat> and stand by the claim, lightsabers make anything better, okay? Right? You see all this stuff online that I saw, there's a recent one going around, like Lord of the Rings, but with lightsabers, and everyone's going, oh my god, it's so amazing. Stuff like that proves that everything is better with lightsabers. Pirates of the Caribbean with lightsabers. That fight is cooler, because yeah, the... Ching, 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 of swords is great, but then you've got a lightsaber like like I can't stress enough. Lightsabers are the best weapon ever created, and the fact they're not real is deeply upsetting. Or let's be fair, if most of us had a real lightsaber, we would accidentally chop our arms off. 
instantly. But my god, they should be... They're just the coolest things ever made. Right, they're just... Who sat there and thought, right, we need a really serious thing for what are essentially monks and and evil fascist monks? And what, what weapon should we give them? A laser sword. And it's just pure genius because it's something that... Yeah, it doesn't seem ridiculous anymore because lightsabers are a big thing in pop culture. But at the time, probably seemed really silly. You know, a sword made out of a beam of light that makes a sound. But my God, did it work. And I know the reason George Lucas did the lightsabers. Because originally, stormtroopers were meant to wield them as well. They were meant to be quite a common weapon. Um, but George Lucas decided to change this because he wanted Jedi and Sith. And before anyone comes in correctly, goes, oh, actually, Sith weren't really a thing to the prequels. That's a lie. If you look at in some of the original drafts, for A New Hope... Darth Vader is referred to as the Dark Lord of the Sith, um, just in the script. Not obviously by other characters, but just he says, oh, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, walks in. Um, so he was always a Sith Lord. It's just the idea of what a Sith Lord was wasn't really fleshed out until the prequels. So let's put that debate to rest, shall we? But no, George Lucas wanted a specific weapon for them to stand out. So he decided, oh, why don't we give the Stormtroopers and regular infantry blasters not guns blasters they're called blasters and we'll give the jedi and the sith lightsabers because george didn't want action scenes where you're just filming one side shooting one side one side shooting the other side because it doesn't make for intimate shots he wanted sort of something from the romantic medieval period where you could get cool close-up shots of people fighting with blades and obviously this led to the just pure brilliance that is the lightsaber they're just so goddamn cool honestly if once again on twitter on discord i don't know find me on any social media i don't know if you somehow managed to find me on house party at the moment in coronavirus try and name me a film that wouldn't be better with lightsabers and before you go ahead and go, oh, something quite sad, like My Sister's Keeper, which I didn't cry at, so I didn't find it sad anyway. I'm like, well, you wouldn't find it as sad if there was a fucking lightsaber in there somewhere. You'd be too busy going, oh my god, that's so cool, that you wouldn't worry about the sad part, right? There is no film, or TV show, or event in real life that wouldn't be made better by a lightsaber. I mean, I work in a cinema... It'd be annoying for the other customers um, if you're sitting there watching a film and you just pull out a lightsaber. But quite frankly, I mean, if you've just pulled out a lightsaber, I think people are going to be more impressed than upset. They're going to be like, oh my god, that's so cool. So there is not a single situation, mainly film or TV show, maybe real life situations, but there's not a single film or TV show that wouldn't be made better by lightsabers. I stand by that point. I will never not believe in that point. That is one thing my opinions will never, ever, 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 ever change on. Lightsabers make everything better. So that's my uh, section on sound design done. Just talking about how awesome lightsabers are. Um, just in case people are wondering as well, because obviously there's no structure going on here. I've completely derailed from anything I was going to talk about, because contrary to popular belief, I don't have a proper plan or script ever written out, but I normally write up a few bullet points to touch upon, 
that's not happening now. Pff, fuck it. I'm going with this, which is what I've sort of done last week as well. Because um, ranting seems to get more views from you people. You seem to be enjoying this more. Um, join the Empire! Throwing that in there. I can't say that word, apparently. The best film, Star Wars film, in my opinion, I thought think I'll give you this opinion so that you know what's coming when I go into it, is The Empire Strikes Back. If you can't work out why, The Empire wins. I love The Empire. Perfect film. Also, Darth Vader is fucking awesome in that film. And the only other time he's ever more awesome is in Rogue One. That scene at the end is just like... Right, let me... me. Got a trip down memory lane to 2000 and... I want to say 16, when Rogue One came out. Yeah, 2016. I was in... Where was I? I was in Norwich. Went on a day trip to Norwich. Uh, Christmassy time, obviously. And, uh... Was it Christmassy time? When did the film come out? I don't remember the date. All I remember is I went on a day trip to Norwich, uh, with, with peoples. And... I, uh... Yeah, we were meant to be going shopping and looking around, and I don't like shopping. So, the friend I was with, because with their family, um, suggested we go and watch Rogue One instead to... Was, I don't know if it was a surprise to me, I can't remember, but they said, Oh no, well, I'm going to go take you and see Rogue One. So I actually watched Rogue One all the way in Norwich. Um, and I, I enjoyed the film, and this is a, an account from her. Um, at the scene, so obviously you get into the last scene, the Death Star's just basically blowing up the Imperial facility on Scarif, um, the Imperial transports are going over to the Mon Calamari ship to try and recover the Death Star plans, and you get to the, the scene where the Rebels are basically stuck in the corridor trying to get out, they've got the Death Star plans, and it's all great, and genuinely, I expected there to just have some stormtroopers come around the corner, similar to that of um, A New Hope's opening scene, because obviously I knew they led on to each other, and there to be a bit of a shoot-up, and obviously one of the rebels or someone to get away with the plans. Right, that's genuinely what I was expecting um, when that scene was coming. I knew Vader was going over there as well, but I didn't expect them to give us this awesome Vader scene because I thought this this isn't part of the main the main saga. They're not gonna put Darth Vader here. They're just gonna have some stormtroopers and have a classic shoot up reminiscent of the opening scene of A New Hope. But obviously, so I'm sitting there like, oh, this is gonna be cool. The Empire's gonna just slaughter those rebels. It's gonna be bloody amazing. And then I hear this. <gasps> I'm like, no. So the the account from her is my jaw just... I obviously don't really remember. I just remember being like a child, like so excited. My jaw apparently just dropped, like in absolute awe. And my eyes literally lit up. And then the moment you just have that crimson blade ignite. And she said from that point, I was in a trance just... My jaw was still dropped, but I'd somehow managed to smile in the middle of that as Darth Vader just oh cuts his way through a hallway of rebels 
in the way that Darth Vader should, because he's the most awesome person ever. And oh my god, that scene. That scene is my favourite scene of Star Wars. Because I love Darth Vader, but obviously with the restrictions of the original trilogy and the way it was filmed at the time it was filmed, you never really got a... You'd hear stories about how terrifying Vader was, and you'd see it in comics, and you'd read about it in the books, about what a menace he was. And yeah, you could still see it in the pre uh, prequels, in the originals. But you never really got a Vader... A true Vader scene in film. But then you've got Rogue One, where it just showed Darth Vader in all of his flipping glory. And, oh, honestly, there are no words to explain how much I love watching that scene over and over and over again. Like, Rogue One is my second favourite Star Wars film. For the pure fact, that scene is in it. And that is how much I love that scene. It has elevated it to number two. It would be number one if I didn't love Empire Strikes Back so much. But oh my god, one scene has elevated... Don't get me wrong, all of Rogue One, it's a good film. I wouldn't have put it as second place. It'd probably still be in my top five. But it'd probably be near the bottom end of that. But the fact that just one scene... that I don't even know how long the scene is. It can't be that long has elevated a whole film to second in my list of Star Wars films. I think one shows my love for Vader. But I think that's what it really is. It just shows my love for Vader. And I think, looking back, yes, I do love Star Wars. But I think one of the key factors of that, all jokes and fanboying and whatever it is that I'm doing at the moment aside, a big part of that is Darth Vader. Yes, I love the story. I love all the characters from the originals and from the originals I love the story of the prequels I, as we'll get into in later videos I think we might as well talk about it for a bit the dialogue is really what let the prequels down I think looking back the plot points are the groundworks of something really good a slave boy who basically is the most powerful natural Jedi I've ever found, um, I'm not mentioning the Midichlorians, um, trained by Obi-Wan, goes through the Clone Wars, like, everything is there, plot point-wise. But I think it's just let down by, not necessarily the delivery, because there are some lines, <coughs> I don't like sound, that I don't think any human could have delivered well. But the prequels in my opinion, key redeeming factor is that of my second favourite Star Wars character of all time. And that is Master of the High Ground himself, General Hello There, Kenobi. He is... Oh, I, honestly, I've always... I've said this, and I, this is something else I stand by. If it wasn't for Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi would have me grounded so far in the light side it's unreal right because yes i'm a natural born dictator apparently the more i think about it but if it wasn't for darth vader being as awesome as he was obi-wan kenobi would have had me fully sold on being a jedi because my god i love obi-wan kenobi and i'm not just talking you mcgregor alec guinness as well 
just the character in general, and obviously in the Clone Wars, <laughs> General Kenobi. He's brilliant, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and as I say, he's my favourite part of the prequels. Um, he's my favourite Jedi, then, by default, because obviously my second favourite Star Wars character. That's not to say I don't like other characters. Obviously, I love Yoda, Mace, Qui-Gon, and just talking about other Jedi, like, obviously Luke Skywalker. I haven't mentioned him yet, but let's be fair. I do love Luke Skywalker. I think he's brilliant until episode 8 came along and went, ah, you know Luke Skywalker? This is a different version of him. They basically did what um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales did to Jack Sparrow. They went, ah, you know this character you love? What if we just forgot how to write him completely and made him different, but kind of the same? And I'm like, no. Me want, me want old Luke Skywalker back, please. Me want Mr. Hopeful. Like, okay, I'm going to rant a bit on The Last Jedi now. But Luke Skywalker was, I'd say, one of the best protagonists ever. Started out as relatively a nobody. Um, trained, we don't know for how long. And faulted at times. He wasn't perfect. He, you know, ran off to fight Vader too early. He gave into the dark side in their final confrontation on Death Star 2. But ultimately, he... He won the day, and he was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant protagonist, because I think most protagonists either fall into two categories. The nobody who makes himself a somebody, or the person born into greatness who then, you know, sort of achieves that greatness or fulfills the greatness that was they were born with. That would be Anakin Skywalker, someone who was born to be, well, he was the chosen one. Um... And then fulfills that later on by chucking the Emperor down a reactor shaft. Um, whereas Luke fulfills both those roles. Because it's not until episode 5 we even find out, which is obviously the second, we even find out that Anakin, it's as if you've watched them in release order, that his father was Anakin. But at the same time, you don't find out that Anakin was the chosen one that I can think of until episode 1. You just think that he's just a Jedi that turned bad. A powerful one, it's definitely alluded to, but just a Jedi. So, you watch Luke's original story and think, yeah, he came from a powerful Jedi, but he's still a nobody, he's a farm boy, he doesn't really have anything, but he's grown into this massive hero. But then you've got the also, well, he's the son of the Chosen One, of course he was meant to do great things. So he fulfills both roles so well. And the thing with his character is... Whilst Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think, is the character that embodies hope the most. He's the character who, if you watch the franchise, films, TV shows, comics, he lost everything. He lost his master, he lost his friends, his family, the woman he loved were all taken from him. But the one thing he never lost was hope. So I think Obi-Wan is a character that represents hope the most. But Luke also carried that hope with him throughout the franchise to the point where he looked at Darth Vader who let's be fair by this point was one of the most evil people in the entire galaxy the most evil one of the most evil people the galaxy had ever and will ever see but he saw the good in him the good that Obi-Wan and Yoda couldn't see Luke could still see the light and went out of his way to redeem his father but then come episode 8 you see a teenager who's having little wincy pinty dark side thoughts I'm going to kill him in his sleep. Like, come on, this is... <laughs> if it was a different character, maybe, but this is Luke. This is the guy who looked at Darth Vader and went, I can see the tiny bit of good in you, 
I'm going to bring it out and save you. Looks at a kid and goes, ah, tiny bit of evil there, mate. I'm going to cut you down in your sleep. And, you know, sparks another God knows how many years of intergalactic conflict. But I think that is the true poetry of Star Wars. And obviously I know, as I said, I wasn't going to have enough time in these 40 minutes. So we'll start doing more closing statements now. And we'll talk more about the films in general later. But the Star Wars story, mainly the Skywalker saga in particular, now it's finished, is, if anything, is poetry. And as cheesy and weird as that sounds, that is something that George Lucas has said himself. And when you look at it, it is. It's the story of one family who keep trying to do their best and the right thing and what's right by the galaxy, but keep repeatedly failing, but also then finding a way to redemption. There's a true... Star Wars is the ultimate fairy tale, the ultimate fantasy. But if you were to put it in terms of the plays of old, like Greek or even Shakespeare, Star Wars is a tragedy. It has its moments of humour. It has its moments of hope and light. But at the end of the day, it's the story of tragedy. Anakin Skywalker, born the Chosen One, the light in the universe, one of the most noble and good Jedi Knights out there, falters at one of his last hurdles and becomes Darth Vader, one of the most evil men in the entire galaxy. Luke Skywalker, you know, a farm boy, almost falls down those same pitfalls, but manages to redeem his father at the last moment, and his father eventually brings balance to the Force, like he was meant to, but has caused so much pain in his wake. Luke then tries to rectify these mistakes by restarting the Jedi Order with the likes of Ben Solo, but falters, falls, and ultimately gives in to a moment of fear and tries to kill Kylo in his sleep. Kylo awakes from that, sees it as an attack, and then fully embraces the dark. Kylo, then another fallen Skywalker, falls in the same pitfall as his grandfather, ultimately being manipulated by the Emperor, as we find out in Episode 3. Episode 3, Episode 9, sorry. And then eventually redeems himself, but at the cost of his own life, much like his grandfather, and even much like Luke, his quote-unquote redemption in The Last Jedi ended in his death. The only Skywalker I'd say that didn't fall into this trap was Leia, and that's because she's the only one that didn't go down the path of Jedi training, really. And then... Oh, I've got to bring this up. Okay, so, as I've pointed out, Star Wars is a tragedy. It's a poetic tragedy of one family constantly trying to do the right thing, but failing. But then in the final moments, Kylo redeems himself, as the Skywalkers do, and helps to bring an end to the Emperor. <sighs> so, therefore, the Skywalker's story, as the Skywalker saga ends, should be over. The tragedy is finished, the family is gone. The Skywalkers, unfortunately as a family, have been wiped out. The tragedy is over, the repetition can stop. Because yes, they are a family of heroes... But those heroes often make mistakes that have dire consequences for the whole galaxy. But then they decided to add in, I think, the single most frustrating thing in all of Star Wars, to the point where I was physically angry. Like, my friends who watched the ninth one with me literally turned to me and went, you and I could feel that anger coming out of you. When they decide to make Rey a Skywalker. 
Which, she's not. When we get on to whenever I talk about episode 9, she's not. She's fucking not. Don't. <laughs> no. Darth Vader would fucking force choke her to death. She's not a Skywalker. But, um, besides my dislike of the character and thinking she doesn't deserve to be a Skywalker, I thought it would have been more of a fitting ending that at the end of the Skywalker saga, there are no more Skywalkers. The tragedy is over. The play has ended. This family ultimately ended up saving the galaxy, but let's end it there. They're finally redeeming all of their past mistakes. Cost them the bloodline. I thought that would have been a more fitting ending than Ray who? Skywalker. Like, like, no. So maybe it wasn't the best ending in that regard. But I tell you what, Star Wars is still my favourite franchise of all time. And I will always love the stories that come out of a galaxy far, far away. I will always get so excited when I watch the Clone Wars or when I go back and watch the old films and revel in this brilliantly told story of failure, redemption, but getting back up and not keep fighting. Yes, it's an overused word in the franchise now, but hope is really the message that Star Wars hammers home and the fact that darkness may rise, but light will always come back up and fight against it. There is always hope. And that is something I think Star Wars does always hammer home. And as a franchise that has inspired me for my entire life, I not only want to say thank you to Star Wars, but 100%, no questions asked, no hesitation in the slightest. Star Wars, yeah, you've had your ups and downs, much like the Skywalkers themselves. But my god, you have not failed. You are so brilliant. And I hope Star Wars keeps being brilliant for years to come, if Disney leaves good enough alone. So thank you so much for listening to me rant this week, guys. As I say, at a later point, I will probably cover either each film in detail or maybe the trilogies. So I can talk about them more in detail on some of the points that I've either mentioned here and elaborate on them. And some points that I have kept quiet on for the sake of condensing this episode. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing next week, so I'm not going to make an announcement on that. But I really hope you enjoyed listening, guys. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.